Hi, this is Cal Quantrill, and you're listening to the East Village Times Podcast. NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope ex-prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watching you them jump up, we ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody, the outfield, mad skills, lottie dotty. Austin Hedges throwing out everybody, we at the ballpark, every game's a party, ignorance is bliss, so we never trip, if the pitching's up the mod, and watch out for the kids, EBT is out here broadcasting, EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and this is episode number 83. I thought I'd change it up a little bit because Patrick's always on me to do something different. Uh, And I am here with my co-host, Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? How are you doing this evening? God, you make it sound like I'm your mom. Like, God, James, switch it up. <laughs> Do something <laughs> well, different. Well, it, I mean, it is what it is, right? I, I, I you know, I, sometimes we get locked up in a set script, a script, a set way of introducing things. But I thought I'd change it up a little bit and do something a little different. Uh, we are approaching that century mark. Uh, that hundredth episode will be a monumental thing for East Village Times, right, Patrick? Yeah, man, it seems like we've been doing this for uh, too long. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about too long, but it has been a long time. Uh, first notes, uh, first newsworthy stuff to talk about. There's unfortunately been a lot of death around the San Diego Padres uh, family. Um, it started about a month ago, a little over a month ago, when we lost Dick Enberg. Uh, it continued with Rob Picciolo. Uh, and then we lost Kevin Towers a couple of days ago. Was that yesterday? Uh, and then this morning, Oscar Gamble passes away, or it's announced that Oscar Gamble passes away. Uh, you know, each player and, and person within the organization had different aspects. Uh, you're talking about a player, a coach, a general manager, an announcer. Uh, it's kind of hard to, to talk about. It's kind of hard to discuss what each brought to the team, but uh, I don't know, Patrick. Your your thoughts on on this topic? I know it's something that's not exactly easily discussed uh, by people. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's always weird because like you don't really know how big of an effect people have on you, like people you don't even know, and it's just like to hear like people dying so soon, you know. Especially Kevin Towers, like you didn't really expect to hear that. I mean, he's obvi- he obviously was diagnosed with cancer. I think it was either last year or the year before, but. I mean, he's only fifty. He was only fifty-six, so it's like he's still a lot left in him, you know. And it's just—it's such a shame that he's gone so soon. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's tough. It really is. I mean, I've been lucky enough, or I've reached out to, to Ted, Ted Enberg initially after his father passed away, and you know, rightfully, it, it took him a little bit of time to get back to me. But he got back to me, and, and uh, we communicated a little bit. Uh, obviously, he's—he's he's really distraught. And, the whole thing is, is really surreal to him and his family. Uh, he's still coping with the loss. You know, his dad was a huge motivational factor for him. He just, Ted just recently got into announcing, um, you know, he and I talked about how his dad would just uh, sit down and write two, three, four-page uh, critiques of his announcing, whether it was a volleyball game, a swimming match, or a baseball game, whatever it was. And 
you know, stuff like that is, is it's just, it's really touching. And, it, you know, I, my prayers and my thoughts are out to, to Ted Amberg and he's moving on and he's, he's hopefully going to be able to, to transition. I mean, he, he's very skilled. I mean, the man's fluent in, in Mandarin Chinese. He's got a lot of talent. The Enberg name is going to carry him far, but the talent that he has is, is going to be, uh, it's going to also carry him to, you know, whatever he wants to do. And it's just, uh, my thoughts and prayers go out to him initially. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, Patrick, do you have any thoughts about Dick Enberg? We never really got into it with a, in the podcast. It's kind of a, a somber thing and, you know, we don't typically get into those type of things. Nah, man, it's rough. I mean, you think everyone's got to go eventually, but you never think it's going to happen until it does. And then you're just, kind of at a loss for what to say i mean someone that had such a big impact on so many people in san diego and really all over the the world and yeah i mean it's such a shame i can't imagine what his son's going through yeah it's it's tough i mean the enberg name is going to open a lot of doors for for ted enberg but his talent is going to definitely carry him far in in the industry uh rob peachlow's passing was another shocking thing uh i was actually informed of uh, I guess he would, he went into the hospital the, the day before his passing and, and uh, someone had tipped me of that and I kind of knew uh, of his issue and I was, you know, praying and hoping that he would recover and it was, it's a shame that he was lost. So, so young, uh, a coach in the 98 team, uh, uh, really from my understanding, uh, a great man, someone who was really, uh, really outgoing and just someone who was really admirable in, in the profession and, uh, you know, thoughts are also out to the Pichillo family. And, and then the Kevin Towers news uh, within the last day or so was, was really shocking. I mean, he had a 14-month 14, 14 battle with cancer, thyroid cancel, cancer. Uh, he went really quick. It's it's a shame. You know, I know Patrick was, was really young, didn't really, you know, remember the 98 team or, or what he helped in constructing that and, and the later teams in, in the, the back-to-back uh, playoff appearances they had. He... He was a, a gunslinger, and that, and that's what he he liked to trade. He liked to evaluate players. He was a former player, former scout. He he had a, a propensity to evaluate players and, and had no problems in pulling triggers on tra- on trades. I mean, look at the mega deal that was uh, consummated between the Astros and, and the Padres. It's it's a shame to lose someone at that young age. Uh, again, thoughts are out to the Towers family and, and to everyone who's affected by him. And you know, Twitter's gone off in the past day with so many stories about Kevin Towers. It's, it's really phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to see how many lives he touched, and you don't ever hear about that stuff when people are still alive. And I guess it's good to to remember him that way. And I guess while we're at it, CS Keys also uh, passed away. What was that two weeks ago? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, another local kind of San Diego uh, personality that that also passed away. So yeah, it's been yeah. A, it's been a rough uh, month or so, but uh, hoping for a good baseball season to uh, turn around for us. No, and, and ironically, the, the Tony Gwynn special that aired last night was kind of in the midst of all this, and you know that in itself is is emotional for fans to deal with uh i don't know if you saw the piece i i watched it i've seen it a couple times because it was just done so well uh, it's emotional when you think about gwen and you think about the the legacy that he left and and that he's been gone so long it just it really makes it makes you proud to be a padre fan and it makes you long for the days of success and the days of of 
of hopefully a World Series title for this team to to kind of ease the pain that that uh, a lot of Padre fans have had for a long time. Yeah, man, definitely. Okay, well, folks, let's move on to the uh, to a little more positive notes uh, to the show. It, you know, I, I wanted to get through the death stuff because it's it's in the it's in everybody's hot thoughts and and hearts. But uh, Trevor Hoffman will be in the Hall of Fame come July. It's a it's an exciting thing for Padre fans. He will be the third Padre inducted into the Hall of Fame and probably the last Padre for a long time. Uh, I hope to be alive when the next Padre is uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame, but we're talking at least 25 years until that happens. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of sad when you think about it that way. Our franchise Oh, come is on, just... man. You don't think Chase Headley's going in? Uh if Chase Headley went in, he would go in as a Yankee. How about James Shields? <laughs> That's just <laughs> come sorry, on now. Now you're now you're getting silly. Yeah, I, I mean we're talking about uh, Margot after a 20 year career, uh, uh, Fernando Tatis. I mean, realistically, we're talking 25 years before uh, the Padres can have another Hall of Famer. Uh, That's just a cruel reality, but. Uh, you know, Trevor Hoffman, seventy-nine percent, eighty percent, whatever he got was was well was well deserved. Uh, it'll be a celebration for Padre fans come July. But I'm kind of done talking about the topic. I know Patrick is as well. Yeah, I think we've beat it to death enough, and and he's finally got in. Yeah. So happy for him. And, exactly. Uh, Let's... Looking forward to July when he actually ends up in Cooperstown. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh... It'll be an exciting thing for Padre fans and something that is definitely uh, something that God, you can never just have uh, enough moments like that. I mean, I can remember the Gwyn uh, inauguration, uh, the uh, Gwyn enshrinement to the Hall of Fame, and it was just uh, it was a special time for Padre fans. Um, current news. There really isn't much current news. I don't, I, I, I don't know what is going on. Uh, I know that the Baseball Players Union and uh, the owners are at ends right now, they are not happy with the fact that owners are not shelling out the money that that the players seem feel that they're worth. Uh, Eric Hosmer is still holding out for an eight-year deal. John Morosi of MLB Network reported that today. Uh, basically, what we reported uh, a week and a half ago uh, from Bob Nightingale, who uh, talked to one of our young reporters, Ben. Uh, via telephone and basically communicated with that that uh, Boris and, and Hosmer are waiting for an eight-year contract. Uh, Patrick, are they going to get an eight-year contract from someone? Ha! That's funny. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm laughing. There's. It's not as though we have the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Cubs bidding against each other. I mean, you're talking about the Royals and the Padres with the Cardinals with slight interests in the background. I mean... At what point do you want to just know where you're going to play and sign the contract? And do you think that Hosmer would consider a one-year deal somewhere in order to, I don't know, take advantage of the market next year after I, somebody? I, mean, I don't know if the market's going to be any better next year because he'll just get overshadowed by Harper and Machado and a few other guys. But, so. but, okay, well, when you figure there's going to be teams that are going to be after Harper and Machado. Right, there's going to be teams that are going to be prepared to, to pay three hundred, four hundred million dollars. I don't know. That's a pretty shitty consolation prize. If that's what you're trying to say. No, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm not trying to say that, but I'm just saying they have money to spend, and typically historic. His, his, ugh, I can't even speak. I mean, Players, teams have done this in the past down the road. 
if if they lose out on on a free agent, a big free agent, they go willy nilly and spend it somewhere else. So I'm I don't think that that's necessarily in the cards for Hosmer and and, and his group. But at some point, I I would think that we're going to see some one year contracts from some of these guys that that aren't happy with what what's going on right now. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't see him getting a better deal next off season, and all the teams that have money next off season have money now. So mm-hmm. I mean, I just mm-hmm. I, I just don't see a fit for him now, and I don't know if the, there's going to be a better fit next off season. So it's like I get the idea of taking a one year deal, like a pillow contract sort of thing. I I just don't yeah. really. I mean, God, if the Padres can sign him for a one year deal, I'd be fine with that. Trade him at the deadline or uh, get, a, <laughs> get a draft pick from him. Yeah, that would be a total Padre move too. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if you can get a I don't know if you can get a draft pick from a one year player. No, I no, I don't think you can. You ha- yeah, you have to be in a in a in a, in a long term deal. Of yeah, some I sort. mean, if you trade him, I mean, that, that'd be something. Yeah, it's just it's I don't know. You you have to think that his his group and the Padres are, are thinking outside the box at this point and trying to get a deal done. I mean, it, it appears the Padres are set at seven years. Uh, we're not sure on how much money they're throwing at him or how the contract is structured, but. That in itself is a scary thought. Uh, at this point, you know what the hell is he waiting for? Seven year deal from from uh, a team that's on the rise and, and a team that values you. I mean, should be accepted unless it's a seven year, hundred million dollar contract. I mean, I don't know what the Padres are offering him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like they're holding out, and I, don't, I just don't know if there's they're holding out for anything better. So, yeah, at this point, yeah. it's almost take it or leave it. I mean, it's about to be February here in a few hours, so. Exactly. I don't, know. I don't know what else we're exactly. waiting for. We got about yeah. I think eleven days until pitchers and catchers report. So yeah, running out of time. Yeah, the, the, this is going to be a feeding frenzy in the next couple of weeks with free agency. I mean, we're, we're looking at Darvish. Uh, you know, there's players that just are out there that have value that are not even being talked about. And you, you, you they're going to get money. They're they're going to get paid. It's just uh, it's a strange, strange, strange off season for sure. Um, one thing that's a, a positive is the Christian Yelich uh, drama is over. We can stop talking about him. We can stop debating on on whether or not it's worth uh, dealing uh, Cal Quantrill, uh, Eric Lauer, and, and prospects to the Marlins for him because he's a Milwaukee Brewer as the Brewers are pulling a 2015 Padres and going all in. Uh, yeah, now, I'm, now I'm just pissed that the Padres didn't sign Kane because that deal is a good one. It, it, I don't it care is. What it is. Says. That is a good no. deal. For what he provides and being an unheralded talent that he is, it, it is a good deal. I mean, when you're looking at, at what Hosmer wants, Kane is going to outperform him in, in what did he get a five year deal? Yeah, I told someone that. I'm like, I bet you Kane outperforms Hosmer in five years, and they didn't believe. Oh, me, he will. I think he will. He will. So he should. I mean, even though he's a, a couple years older, he he should. But what the hell is Milwaukee doing? I, I mean, they I like they have it. an ex- excess of outfielder. It's like. It reminds me of the Padres when they, when they tra- when they traded for for four left field or three left fielders. Hey man, don't you insult they still my have family no name? They, they, <laughs> I like. They it. still have no. They still have no pitching. They think that they are going to catch the Cubs with no pitching. No man, this isn't a this isn't a win now move. I mean, you think about think about what they gave up and how. Like, I mean, even Lewis Brinson. You think 
He's under control for what six years. Yelich is under yeah, control I, for five. So it's like, do you really think Brinson's going to be better than Yelich? No. No, I, I was surprised that they took it. I, and I then mean, if you think of Kane, I mean, that's, that's a great deal. I mean, even if he kind of falls apart, it's only six. It, it is, year, but you're so. you're you're adding on to an excess of talent. You already have Braun. You already have Santana. You already have and who Braun, else in the outfield? Braun's washed up. I mean, he he'll, is. He'll be gone but a few you, years. He, you're invested into him, and and I mean, I to me, it's just strange. If they want to what? throw money. If they if they threw money at, at Darvish and Arietta and brought them to the top of the rotation, then okay, wait a minute. I mean, they are actually throwing money at Darvish though, because they're they're apparently very serious about signing him. So obviously that plays well, out. But I we'll mean, see. you now have you now have all this young talent to trade. I mean, you got Santana, Brett Phillips, um, Phillips, Keon Broxton. Those are three guys yeah. you can now trade and get pitching. And I mean. There's well, plenty of teams that have young pitching that I think they'd be interested in. So I mean, I'm sure the fan base is happy and, and content with them going the distance and, and trying to compete. I mean, they it, made a run just... at the Cubs last year without these guys, so I can only imagine. No, yeah, I, I know, I know. I mean, they have Thames back there still. I mean, they have legitimate players. It's just, I don't know. I'm just skeptical because they need to address the pitching. I understand it's still early and there's still plenty of pitching that they can acquire. It's just... I love it. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what Craig Council can get out of that. Of go that Brewers. Group. For anyone who didn't go, know, that's always been my go. number two team. Go Brewers. Nice. Nice. Uh, well, the the Gaelic saga is over, so that's that's a good thing. Uh, you and I, uh, briefly before we started, started talk, talking about a uh, package that the Padres uh, could have offered for Gaelic. Uh I was just curious, you know, what the Padres' final offer would have been. Um you had mentioned the name Adrian Marhone with some with some players. I, I'm I, I don't know. I'm I'm skeptical on, on whether or not they offered a, a top ten player in their system for Yelich. Uh, I tend to think they probably tried to push Renfro and, and Franchi Cordero uh, at, at them. I don't know your thoughts. Just something to talk about. It's not you know obviously it's over. But what do you think the Padres' final offer for Yelich uh, entailed? I mean, if it was Renfro and Cordero, I think the Marlins would have laughed in their face. So, well, obviously not just them. They would have had to thrown in a a Chris Paddock. A, well, I mean, obviously they don't want Paddock back, but I mean a, a lower level. I don't want to say lower level, but not a top five, six, seven arm. Someone who still is in decent regard, but I, 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 don't, I don't know. I'm just curious. I don't I'm think people, I don't think people realize how valuable Christian Yelich is. Um, yeah, yeah. He's he's under contract for the next five years at I think about yes. I want to say like forty million, fifty million. So I mean this is a yeah, 50 something, very yeah. reasonable contract. I mean he's been consistently like a four win player for the last four years. I mean he had a bit of a down year in twenty fifteen with some injuries, but he's been a pretty consistent four win player. Um yeah, I, I just I don't think that there was any chance they were gonna get him without it starting with Tatis or Gore, and that was never going to be a starting point. So, mm-hmm. even if you move down to Quantrill, I mean, I think Lewis Brinson's higher rated than Quantrill and Luis. Yes, yeah, so I he think is, I mean Morahone might have been in consideration, but even at that point, you're already you're already talking too low. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, even if you throw in like five prospects, I think you're already you're already I, at a lower I, point than what the. Uh, I mean, they were talking to the Braves, and they started with Acuna. So, wow, yeah, the, the, it just to. it I mean, wasn't. You have to. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just think the Marlins could have got a better, pro, better package. I'm not very high on on Brinson. He's got a lot of swing and miss to his game. A lot of, a lot of things that need to improve with his uh, plate discipline and other aspects. But you know, that's he's still a, a valuable talent. Still very young. He still could blossom. But you know, it, it, it is what it is. It's just interesting. 
obviously the Padres did not want to pay that price tag, and rightfully so. Losing two or three of your top ten prospects just wasn't going to be feasible at this point for a team that's not ready to compete. And it would overcrowd the outfield. It would make other issues. So um, we'll just have to wait and see. I, I know that the, the contract for the five years, 50-something million he was due, is definitely, definitely team-friendly. But we'll have to see. Um, I, I don't know. It's 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 tough. Yeah. It's always difficult to understand what's going on in the front office and, and the, the dynamics that are involved. People like to speculate on that and, and act as though they're in the know, but obviously there's only a few people that know what's going on in the front office and, and what their plans are. Definitely. Um, not much else. Uh, not much else as far as current news for this team. I, we're still waiting for the pitching staff to kind of I don't know, kind of situate itself. It's going to probably be the spring. I would expect the team to bring in another veteran or two to compete for, for roster spots. Uh, I would expect the team to bring in a backup catcher, some relief relief options, uh, utility options. The free agent market's going to gonna eventually come to San Diego. It's just uh, it's not going to be much after this Hosmer stuff kind of dies down. Uh, your thoughts, Patrick, on, on anyone in particular the team could be linked at or be looking at or a position they could be uh, looking for at this time? Um, I, hope, I don't hope they don't add anyone else because, you know, I'm doing my 40-man roster series. <laughs> that might create a problem if someone I already wrote about is suddenly not on the roster. So I'm going to have yeah. to ask them to hold off on that if that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm only at, what, 20 – tomorrow's 27. So I have a ways to go. And um, – yeah, I'm hoping for nothing uh, to uh, mess up my flow here. So yeah, yeah, I think they got enough pitchers. They have they have enough mediocre fifth starters. I think they'll be okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, outside of like Lamette and Perdomo, it's like, I mean, this week I've written three straight on. I wrote Robbie Erlin, Colin Ray, and Jordan Lyles, and the whole time I'm thinking to myself, literally every one of those guys is, is the same age. They were born within months of each other, and they're all like the same kind of pitcher. Like boring yeah. as all hell. Doesn't throw that hard, doesn't get many strikeouts, pitches to contact, kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Everything <laughs> has like, to be perfect. Everything I was like, I was perfect. going maddeningly crazy last night. I'm like, I can't write about any more mediocre pitchers. Yeah, <laughs> like no offense uh... to those guys, but my. And then two of them are coming off Tommy John, which is like, that's kind of why I put Lyles ahead because I'm like, the other two guys are on Tommy John surgeries, and I mean Lyles had really good minor league numbers. Compared to their two, so I'm like, I don't even know, man. Like, whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter. Well, let's talk about the starting staff. Obviously, the team is structured behind Perdomo, Perdomo and, and Lament with a lot of veteran arms. Uh, Richard mixed in there. Tyson also played if he's healthy. Uh, there's a lot of openings for the team to come June, July, to, to bring up some of these young arms. Uh, a Quantrill, uh, a Lucchese, uh, a Lauer, a Jacob Nix. Uh, I think this year is going to be the year where we're going to see a couple of these guys hit the rotation and, and get a good glimpse of them. Uh, the team is being well protective of these young men. Uh, I've tried to get interviews with, with each of them uh, over the past months, and they are refusing any kind of contact with the media at this point because they want these guys to concentrate uh, on big league camp and establishing themselves. So my question to you is, do you think uh, Cal Quantrill has a lights-out spring do you think he has an opportunity to make this team in April? No. No? Okay. Because there's really no point. I mean, for me, as much as you hate to say you hold players back because of money, I mean, it's about money. There's really no reason to waste a year of free agency 
excellent point. When the excellent team's point. not going to be good. I mean, I think the bigger point. issue here is that if all those guys come up and you count like Tatis and Urias, I mean, none of those guys are on the 40-man. So you have yes. probably six or seven guys that theoretically could come up this year. And yeah, you don't have 40-man spots. So they're going to have to make some next, trades or cut some guys. Yes, because yes. There is a you, lot of... I, Trust me, I know. There is a lot of dead weight on the 40-man from what I'm, no, from there what is, I'm writing but, on. It's rough. But there is going to be a lot of people that need to be added to the 40-man roster before next year. If the Padres don't add, I, I, there's like it, there's like 10 players that need to be added to the 40-man next year or they're going to be lost in the Rule 5. Really valuable players like a, like a Quantrill. I, I can't remember. I've seen the list in front of me, but there's there's names that are going to have to be added to this 40-man. So there, there's... There's a reason why there's a Lyles, uh, Rocky Gale. There's a reason why there's some less than stellar people filling up roster spots at this point. So it's going to happen eventually. We'll just have to wait and see. But I think you're right. They don't want to start the clock on these guys. They don't want to start the major league service time on these guys unless they have to. They, they're built for the long run. Uh, and But at some point, you're going you're gonna to probably see some of the young pitching hit the hit – the, uh, Hit the hit the uh, rotation this season. It's going to be exciting for the Padre fans for sure. I mean, just can you imagine Cal Quantrill's first start at Peckle Park? How excited uh, Padre fans are going to be? Yeah, man, it's going to be it's going to be wild. It is. It is. It's going to be good stuff. Hey, would you believe me if I told you that uh, Jose Perella and Hunter Renfro are the same weight? Mm, yeah, uh, Renfro's not very tall. That's what MLB.com says. I don't know if I believe it because Hunter Renfro is pretty pretty thick. I mean, he's I guess not Perella very tall too, at all. But... Renfro is not. I think weird. I'm taller than Hunter Renfro, and, and I'm I'm five no, eleven, and, and I am. You're I swear six to God, two? he is not six two. He's six one. You ain't six two. He is not six one. Yeah, he is. I don't care what the media guide's telling you. I'm telling you, I stood next to the man. He, I'm as tall as him, if not man, taller. Maybe you were wearing like boots or something. Yeah, I was wearing my platforms that night. Yeah, yeah, you know you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, he is not. He is. He is six. He, he is. Barely six foot if he is six foot. All right. Whatever you say, man. Whatever you say. I mean, media guides have, have known to exaggerate. <laughs> they, always have time. Really, they always have really round weights, too, which is funny. Like, most guys are either five or zero for every weight. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's, like, I a mean, random guy. Like, like this, the guy from Japan, Makita, he's 181 pounds. Like, exactly. a very odd number. <laughs> like, everyone else. And Austin Hedges is 206, apparently. Like... Oh, okay. The rest are like even, except for those two. I'm like not even kidding hmm. you. Well, this they, is what like it's to... come to. Oh, Carlos yeah. Asahi is apparently 158 pounds. Is, is, is it that slow of an off-season word? This is what word? our podcast has come to. We're talking about <laughs> yeah. weights. Oh no, Lamed is also an odd number. Okay, there's more than. Oh, I see, you blew your whole your whole theory. There's only away. four though out of like the whole roster. That's pretty solid. <laughs> Keep looking. I'm sure you'll find more. Anyway, yeah. I mean, speaking of speaking of pitchers. They got about like forty-seven guys uh, with spring training invites too. You got like Chris Young, yes, Tyson Ross, uh, Quantrill, Nix, Lucchese, Lloyd, Lauer, Kennedy, Simber, Arrow, Nix, Robert Stock. I don't know who that is. T.J. Weir, Trey Wingenter, Eric Yardley, Michael Marriott. Not the hotel. Yeah. Yeah, man. There's. They have like yeah, forty-seven guys competing for rotation spots this spring. Yeah, and and there's some. Uh... Position players that are out there as well, Fran Reyes, uh, Urias. Uh, Dusty Coleman, the man Dusty himself. Yeah. The man, the myth, the legend. 
yeah, looking like our, our backup shortstop at this point. If, if okay, uh, can we talk about that for a minute? I keep hearing people like, "Oh, we don't have a backup shortstop." Like, how many teams yeah, actually I, I, have I, a backup shortstop? Okay, let's get into your Aswahe Spangenberg. Your Aswahe Spangenberg. Like, those uh, homeboys can play short if they need to. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, they could. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I don't know what the Padres are, have up their sleeve. Isn't the point but... of Gal- Isn't the point of Galvez that he's going to play every day? <laughs> yeah, more or less. for for those for those that are are, are supportive of, of the trade, that yeah, he provides defense every day and plays every day. That's that's the I, word. Yeah, so. I just a backup shortstop is like such a waste of a roster spot to me. Maybe maybe Andy Green's going to be a player manager. Like, who was their backup, backup shortstop last year? Like Cordova, uh, that guy. Yeah, Cordova probably. Dude, Cordova. They, they, they they avoided playing Cordova at all costs by the end of the year. So that's like yeah, and and the, and the DSL. Uh, well, not the DSL, the Dominican Winter League. He was playing left field mainly. He he didn't even sniff the infield. So let's play a game. Now, how many how many games did Freddie Galvez play last year? One hundred and fifty-eight. One hundred and sixty-two. Oh, homeboy wow, did not okay. miss a single game last year. So I feel Ooh. pretty confident that we'll be okay. Although there I'm still mad go. they didn't sign Escobar. <laughs> I'm yeah, totally but, kidding. The Royals yeah, gave him like say. what two years and four million. Like why? You have a young shortstop waiting, and you signed freaking Escobar. Because oh. uh, Mondesi keeps getting tested for PDs, and he's not Mondesi playing very well. I would trade for him in a heartbeat. I would too, but uh, imagine him and Tatis, man. The the kids of the of the pros. Oh man. Well, I'm sure Preller's already on it. I'm sure I hope he's so. already he's already he's already, uh, he's already gone down that that road with with KC for sure. Man, this might be our most rambly podcast yet. Yeah, I know we have no structure in this podcast. You know, usually we have uh, a little bit of a format. This has pretty much been off the cuff, if you haven't noticed by now, folks. We apologize. Uh, not much to talk about normally. You know, I, I well, actually had the I had the pleasure of talking to Nick Margovicious. It's Margovicious, not Margovicious. It's Marga Margovicious. I talked to like him. It's like Margot, but not. <laughs> yep. I talked directly from the horse's mouth. That's what he told me. Uh, I have an interesting piece on him in the next couple days. Uh, real hard worker. He performed really well in Tri-Cities and AZL this year in the Rookie League. Uh, interesting young man. Uh, left-handed pitcher uh, with some decent upside. We'll see what he can do uh, in his first full season. But I was uh, excellent talking to him. Uh, thank you for the Padres for facilitating that. Um Patrick, anything else we want to talk about? It's going to be a brief podcast. I, don't, I really don't know yeah, what man. else we can... I, I love I love me some Nick Margovicious. Margovicious, yeah. I feel like I wrote about him every time he started last year when we were doing our daily uh, our daily uh, minor league raps. Like, that guy yeah. was killing it, dude. He was, seriously. And, you know, not a, not a hard thrower by any means, but he spots the ball well. He's got excellent feel, excellent feel for the, for the pitching. And, he, I mean, like I say, he's a hard worker. And... Uh, You'll you'll want to read what I have to say about him. You'll want to read what he says. He's uh, he's an interesting young man and, and uh, excited. I mean, it just adds to the depth of this farm system and and, and someone who could uh, a twenty one could could be be up in uh, up in double A triple A relatively soon. Yeah, man, and it always helps being a lefty. So I think he's definitely got that uh, that benefit. He had sixty two walks and or sorry, sixty two strikeouts and just eight walks last year. So pretty yeah, solid. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a strike thrower for sure and. Uh, 
uh, sort of a late bloomer. So we'll, we'll see. He'll be like the uh, he'll be one of like the sixth wave of, pro- of Padre prospects. I, I've heard some people compare him to Lucchese as far as like a sleeper pick. He's not. He doesn't throw as hard as Lucchese. He doesn't have the stuff that Lucchese has at, at this point. Uh, Lucchese was a lot more polished when the Padres drafted him, but. I think that's a decent comp as far as someone who kind of slid under the radar. Margovicius was a seventh-round pick. Uh, someone who could kind of uh, go fight under the radar and uh, make some noise this year. So, God, the, the system is just so deep. It's just amazing. It, it really is. Yeah, I mean, we can't say that enough. By the way, is it Lucchesi or Lucchese? <laughs> Remember that conversation? Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> don't, don't get me started on it. Half yeah, the time, Lucchesi. I'm like, I don't know how to pronounce names, but that one I'm sure of. <laughs> Yeah, that one I saw in the media guide from the storm that has the pronunciation, so it's Lou Casey. I know we butchered it for a long time, just like we butchered uh, Michelle Bias's name. And for, I'm frankly, sorry, okay? It is. I, mean, I thought it was Michael. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too funny. He, uh, he had no problem with it when we, when we spoke to him last season, so, he, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I think we should end the podcast. Patrick, I don't know what else to even talk about. Let's maybe we can talk about bullpen options for the Padres. Who's going to be the seventh inning man? Pass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hard there's, there's, pass. <laughs> uh, AJ, give us something to talk about, please. Uh, Seriously, something. I, we don't want to whine on our podcast, but like, give us something. There's just there's not much to talk about. Um, on a side note, it's an exciting time for East Village Times. A lot of growth uh, for us. Uh, I'm sadly not able to disclose a lot of uh, information, but uh, it's going to be an exciting year for us. Uh, 2018 is going to be big. Uh, I just want to thank uh, everyone, all the uh, writers and uh, my co-host here, Patrick, who worked very hard to, to get the ball rolling. Uh, it's an exciting time for East Village Times. Uh, I have a meeting tomorrow uh, that's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a labor of love that we have gone through in the past almost three years, but the recognition and the appreciation that we are receiving now is, uh, is really, is really something, something special. Yeah, uh, what'd you say, Patrick? Yeah. Can you believe it's been just about three years since, uh, I started writing since you reached out to me, since we started this, this whole endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Been, Time flies. Yeah, it does. It does. And I think we've, we've grown a lot as, uh, Writers and as individuals and the fans and as uh, an analysis uh, of the game. So uh, stick with us, folks. Uh, exciting times, like I say, in future for 2018. Uh, thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, Patrick, you want to send us out? Oh, on a side note, uh, we are going to have a Top 100 uh, prospect uh, show. Uh, we have Jonathan Mayo and Kyle Glazer lined up. Uh, I know we kind of neglect the topic. It's it, We kind of did it on purpose. Uh, we will be going up to uh, going through both uh, Baseball America and uh, MLB Pipelines lists uh, pretty extensively with with both those individuals in in the next uh, podcast or two. So uh, definitely look for those. Uh, Patrick, I think you can send us out of here. Yeah, we are hosted on Podbean. You can find us there. Um, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll find us. Uh, Stitcher, Podcast Republic, Apple uh, Podcasts. Uh, check us out. Uh, we're on Twitter. James is at evt underscore news at evt underscore j clark. Uh, I'm Patrick Bird 93. We're the East Village Times podcast, and we're signing out. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. 
Padres EBT Podcast. Padres EBT Podcast.